The readings we have this morning take us on a bit of a journey through some very different types of landscape. We begin in the garden with Adam, God's created humankind, and he puts them in this beautiful garden with every beautiful tree, um, all the food that they could want to eat. The text says the Lord caused to spring up from the soil every kind of tree, enticing to look at and good to eat. So they had all the food, all the mangoes and fruits and berries and seeds that they could want as well. It was also nice for their eyes too. But then we go with Jesus out to the desert where there's no food and there's no people. There's nothing to look at but sand. There's just nothing. Now, if you could go on a holiday to either of these places, which one would you like to go to? The desert? Oh, the garden. No, the garden. Before I could even get the question out there, you're answering. Now, okay, going on a holiday is one thing, but if you were to want to live in either of these places, if somebody offered you a nice little house to rent to set up your life there, which one would you choose? The, the desert or the garden? The garden. Yeah, pretty clear. Like, we want to live in a place where we, we have the necessary things of life around us, um, not out in the desert where there's absolutely nothing. But God has this strange habit of calling people out into the desert. We see that Moses encountered God and, and God gave him his name, which was a profound moment in the history of God's people. But that had happened when Moses had run away from Egypt and he was out in the wilderness all on his own. Elijah has a profound encounter with the Lord when he's running away from persecution and um, he encounters God in this still small voice but it's on the side of a mountain, far, far away, 40 days' journey from civilization, far away on his own in the wilderness. Paul as well, we hear. We, we know lots about the, he goes around preaching to all these different cities and towns, but after his conversion, before he started that mission of preaching and building new churches, he went off into the desert all on his own. And then we see, of course, as well, Jesus is led by the Spirit into the wilderness. So it's not only that, that God sends people out to the desert um, and he doesn't do it just to punish people or just to exile them because they've been naughty little boys. But he does this to people who are following him, to the prophets and to Moses, the great leader of the people, and Paul, the great apostle, and to Jesus, the, the chosen one of God. People who are following God, trying to listen to the voice of God, get called out into the desert. Why is that? But every year we begin Lent with this scene. We enter into our 40 days of penance and of fasting and prayer and almsgiving, but the church always gives us on the first Sunday of Lent, either from Matthew or Mark or Luke, depending on the cycle, the story of Jesus going out and fasting in the desert for 40 days and being tempted there. So we are also being called into the desert in these 40 days of Lent. The church clearly interprets this time, this period um, of our penitential season, just as Jesus going out into the desert for these 40 days. So I don't expect that any of you have like packed up your things and gone out and set up a tent in the middle of the desert because, well, you're here today. Maybe you come back just for Sunday, but I don't think that's what you're going to do because we still need to live our lives. So how do we, in Lent, enter into the desert? Well, if we consider that the church also invites us in this season to take up our, our prayer and fasting and almsgiving, these um, practices of penance, these are actually the things by which we enter into the desert. We go to the desert not 
literally by going out into the desert. That's one way to do it. But even by giving up small things, by denying ourselves our normal habits, perhaps to, to lean into prayer in a new way or to fast from some comfort or something, we're depriving ourselves of something. We're creating that little bit of discomfort in our lives, which is like an experience of the desert, an experience of deprivation, an experience of, of not having those things that we need, those things that we want. And this is a way that we actually enter into this time just as Jesus did. But the important question is why. Why does God call us into the desert? Though? Um, why does God call us to a place where we don't have the things that we need for life? The desert where Jesus goes and there's no people, there's no food, there's no life of any sort. Why would God call us somewhere? There's only two logical options I can see here. One is that God wants us to be without the necessary things of life which makes God seem pretty cruel and not nice, so I'm not very inclined to believe in that option. The second option is that there's something in the desert that we can't find anywhere else. Actually, that there's something in the desert that's so important for us that it's essential for our life. So that's the option that I, I think is the reason why God would call us into the desert. There's something there that's essential to our lives, essential to our, our spiritual lives, our life with God, that we can't find anywhere else. So what is that? What is this important thing that God wants to show us, that God wants to give to us by going into the desert? Well, what is it that we find when we go into this time of, um, perhaps through our fasting, our deprivation, or this when we press into these disciplines? What do we find? Well, often enough, like Jesus, we find temptation. Yeah, when we try to be disciplined in some new way, we try to press into some practice like this, we find temptation. Yeah, absolutely. We find hunger. It says that Jesus was very hungry after his 40 days of fasting. Well, if you're not getting hungry, you're not really fasting. That's sort of the point of the practice. There's something that goes on when we enter into this wilderness, this desert, that uncovers something deeper in our hearts because there's, there's this kind of wilderness within us, a deeper place in our hearts that we, we rarely actually live down there. We often just live on the surface and what God wants to do is he wants to encounter us in that deeper, more authentic place because our, our response to God, our response to the gospel, to the good news, ultimately needs to come from a deeper, a truer place within us. And we can only get to that through pulling away these layers, through pulling away the, the busyness and the comforts of life, these things that we pile up around our hearts to keep us safe and comfortable um, so that we can meet God in a more honest, more exposed, perhaps, kind of way. And we can see what happens when we do this by looking at Jesus' temptations because he's found a truth through his time in the desert we see that the, the devil comes and tempts him. He first tempts him with food. But Jesus says, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Jesus has gone to that deeper place in his heart and discovered that his hunger is not really just hunger for food to fill his belly. But the truer hunger of his heart is for relationship with God. 
And he's not going to throw that aside for a loaf of bread. The devil tempts him to, to throw himself down, to make God save him. But Jesus has discovered in that deeper place in his heart, that deeper, more authentic place of encountering God, he knows that God's care for him is such that he doesn't need to prove God, to make God prove himself, kind of manipulate God by throwing himself into danger so God will have to act to save him. No, he can trust in God's care for him, in God's love for him, that when the need does come, and we know the need will come, that God will raise him up out of that danger. Jesus has gone to that deepest place of his heart so that his response to God, his love for God, his Father, is so true that he can say, you shall worship the Lord your God and serve him alone. He knows that this is the truth of his life, this is the truth of the depth of his heart, and no lure of kingdoms or power or wealth can change him on that point. So we're invited to follow Jesus too into this wilderness to discover these same things. We're invited into hunger so that we can discover that the true hunger of our hearts is not just for food, but for that truly satisfying food of relationship with God. We're invited to face those temptations to control and manage every aspect of our lives so that we can discover that our loving Father will actually provide for everything that we need. We're invited to strip back these layers of comfort or distraction or busyness to go into that deeper place in the internal part of our hearts so that we can respond with worship and love from a truer part of ourselves. And the way that we do this is through this prayer and fasting and almsgiving. And I just wanted to give a few more kind of practical reflections on how we do this, how we take this up and how we can keep, keep at it for the next 40 or so days. Um, because I think a key part of this desert experience of our penance is silence and solitude. That there's something about stripping away distractions and stripping away noise and also of that exposure of being alone, myself and God, face to face, that there's, there's no one else that I can hide behind. And we can easily take up some practice, but then fill that gap, fill that hole with something else. And I, one of the things that I took up this Lent was to, to stop watching YouTube. Now, YouTube's a good thing. Sometimes I've got um, 10 minutes to spare to kill before my next thing's going on or I'm just stopped work on my lunch break or something and I'll just pull up a video and watch it. There's nothing wrong with that. It's a good thing. But I decided I'll, I'll cut that out so as to just have a bit more silence, a bit more space that perhaps God wants to flood in and fill that and speak to me. And I noticed that on Thursday, the second day of Lent, <laughs> I stopped my work and I was having lunch and had a bit of time and thought, oh no, I'm not gonna chuck on a YouTube video to entertain myself. But then instead, I went and grabbed my Sudoku book and started doing a Sudoku. <laughs> so I found something else to distract me instead. Now, I haven't given up Sudokus for Lent, <laughs> but I could just stick to the letter of the law of what I've laid down and I wouldn't actually get the purpose of my practices. 
We can always find something else to distract us, or if we've given up chocolate, we can start eating ice cream instead, or if we've given up um, movies, we can start watching TV shows instead. There's always something else that we can plug that hole with. But if we actually want to press into that desert experience, press into that emptiness so that God can fill it, it has to be a bit of perseverance, um, and it helps to remember the purpose of these exercises. Because if we're doing it right, we're going to find it a bit difficult, a bit uncomfortable, um, a bit inconvenient at times. That's a good sign. That should be an encouraging sign to persevere because that's probably where God's grace is moving. And I would even encourage you to pay attention to what the discomfort is like or to pay attention to what it's like for it to be so inconvenient to have to give up this thing. Because that's exactly the place where God might be speaking to you. Because we can live our lives so much on the surface and it can take a confronting sort of experience of this desert to hear what's really going on deeper in our hearts. But this is the place where God wants to encounter us. This is where he wants to meet us so that that deepest truth of who we are can face up against the truth of who God is. And while it can be confronting, while it can be challenging and difficult, there's definitely something on offer here that God thinks that we shouldn't be living without. There's something on offer in this honest encounter that we can't get any other way but by going out into the desert. Hello, Father Dan here. If this homily has been helpful, there are a few things I'd love for you to do. Firstly, subscribe to this podcast or share this episode with someone who might find it helpful. And consider also helping us to expand our mission and reach out to more people by donating at stbenedicts.com.au forward slash donate, or you can click on the link in the podcast description. Thanks so much for joining us and have a blessed week.